But today I want to talk about wolves. Wolves. And it's kind of piggybacking off of Daniel's message from last week. Because uh, let, me, let me make this statement first of all. The church is only for those who are born again. The church is only for those who are born again and want to live for Jesus. See, that sounds, you think that's not true, but that is a true statement. The church is for those who are born again and want to live for Jesus. Now, all are invited into it, but that's who are called to be a part of it, are the ones who are born again and want to live as His bride, as His body, as His people in the church. That's the people of God. That's the ones, that is the church. That's His bride. He's not married to a harlot. He's not married to, to, to something else. All are invited in. We're going into the world to commission and tell everybody, please come in. And as we learned so wonderfully last week, we have in our churches both wheat and both tares. And so it's hard to distinguish this. And today I want to bring another concept of that, and it's called wolves. It's called wolves. And they're there too. And so God loves His flock, and there's unity in the body of Christ. There's unity in the true body of Christ. How many know that? There's unity. There's power. The body of Christ, the gates of hell, is not going to prevail against it. I got news for you. God's church is strong. It's strong all around the world. And, and so, uh, but the God loves his flock. He loves unity in his body. In fact, that's what he prayed about. He prayed that we would be one, even as he is one. And he wanted that kind of unity. But wolves will be sent in and tares planted to minimize the life in the body. That's what the Word of God tells us, how they come in. That's what they do. There was a pastor that I loved that I, that I listened to so often, and he's a speaker. At, he was a speaker at a convention, and he was sitting at the head table, and the person next to him never stopped talking the whole time he was there. They just was talking, 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 and they started talking about the things they do, all the kind of things they do, and they said, I'm a prophet. I'm sent to straighten out the church. And then he turned to this very godly man who I really highly respect. And he said, what's your specialty? And he said, goat kicking and wolf bashing. And the man shut up and never said another word the entire meeting. Paul is leaving Ephesus after three years. And here's what he warns in the word of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves. Spent more time at this church than he did any other place. Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you an overseer. He says, feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. That's my primary duty. That's what I love doing. I love feeding the church. I love going into God's Word. I love finding the truths of God's Word. I love coming giving you a good meal. I love it, and I love protecting God's people, and I love the job that God has given me. And, and here he says, take heeds to yourself and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing, grievous wolves were enter in among you, not sparing the flock. 
He's saying, after I leave, wolves are going to come in and they're going to come and try to tear apart. Also of your own selves or from your own midst shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone day and night with tears. And we've warned in this pulpit for years. Years about what this world was headed towards and what was coming in these last days. We have warned about false prophets. We have warned about false teachings. We have warned about calamity coming in this nation and to the nations of the world. We have told you there will be economic downturn. We have told you there will be all kinds of things that are going to go wrong now in these last days. That perilous times are going to come. And now we are seeing we are seeing all kind of all kind of charlatans and people coming. Coming in and deceiving. I mean, all you gotta do is turn on Christian television. No, I'm serious. Most of it is absolutely a farce. It's absolutely a joke. And, and he says, therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn every one of you day and night and with tears. Paul had such a love for the flock of Jesus Christ, he warned them, stay on a straight path. Don't let somebody come in and draw you away from the things of God. Don't let them take you away with some smooth talking or some newfangled fad or new thing also of yourselves from your own midst shall men or women arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples not to Jesus where to themselves now a man had a sheep and his wife said there's a report of wolves in the area so the man got his gun and he went out and he sat where he could spot his sheep And he watched, and he didn't let the sheep know he was there, but he watched, and he had a bullet in that gun. And if that sheep went to bite the leg of that sheep, he was going to get a bullet. And this word of God today, if there's any sheep listening online, or there's any sheep or wolves listening online, or there's any wolves in this room, even the softest word to spoken today is a bullet to protect the sheep. Matthew 13, listen, wolves, I'm going to tell you some things about wolves because they're out there everywhere today. Wolves work under the cover of darkness. They, 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 they're, and I want to give you some wolf repellents today. Listen to what the parable says in Matthew 13. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat. I think we heard something about this last week. And went his way. But when the blade was sprung up, it brought forth fruit. Then it appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in the field? From whence then are the tares? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while you gather the tares, you're going to root up also the wheat with them. So let them grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to my reapers, Gather together first the tares, bind them into bundles, burn them, but gather the wheat into barns. 
Now here's the deal. It is absolutely essential in this generation that we have a discerning spirit. It is absolutely essential now that you have a discerning spirit. Do you know what discernment is? It ultimately is this. To know, to have the ability to know good from evil. To have the ability to know good from evil. To know what you are hearing coming out of the mouth of somebody claiming that it's born in God and you know whether it profits your soul or whether it isn't. You know the difference between what is sent to cripple you and to kill you and bind you up and you know what is there to wound you and, and cause you to lose out with God and you know what is of God. And we are to pray for discernment in this last hour. I am praying for discernment because there's such deception out there at every hand. Now, he said a vineyard where God planted good seed in. And he said an enemy came in and planted the bad seed. I got another message on this that's so phenomenal about the vineyard and about Christ being the fulfillment of that vineyard. It is is so good. And the workers said, do we need to rip out the bad seed that was planted? And, and, And so what goes on is this: the wolves come into a church and here's where they come in, beneath the ground. They come in beneath the ground. And, and, and that, what that means is they come in and they entangle themselves with two or three people. They entangle themselves with those people and it's under the ground. And what happens is their roots go down and it gets entangled with these people. And then when the pastor or the shepherd tries to go and deal with that situation, what begins to happen is when you begin to uproot it, it takes two or three or four or five more people in the path. Because the root systems are all intertwined and connected. They have, uh, they, they have, they, uh, they've gained access into people's lives is what they've done. They lay on the outside because they're not going to come where the strong are. They stay out on the peripheral and they find the weak sheep, the aged sheep, the crippled sheep. The ones who can't keep up with the flock. And they begin to entangle themselves with you. And they convince you that they are the spiritual authority in your life. We know. And they begin to speak into your life. A single wolf is normally shy. But you get them in a pack of wolves. And it's a whole nother story. They'll devour you. They're relentless in their pursuit of you. They'll single out, like I said, the weak in the flock. They wound it and they wait And they wait until a place where they can pounce and devour that. They play the waiting game and they wait for the right moment just to come in when that thing is too weak and they they pounce on it. The teeth of a wolf is another fact about them. Are they designed to kill? Listen to what Psalms 55 says. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. Oh, they're slick talkers, but they really hate and have war in their heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. The teeth of a wolf can snap a leg just like that. Or a backbone of a deer. The jaws are designed to crush. A wolf is normally slower than its prey, so it uses strategies and devices. Under the cover of darkness. 
Aged, injured, young, stay away from the strong. Stay on the peripheral. Stay there and wait and watch and and pray upon the weaker. They won't come into where the leaders are. Ever notice that? Who are these wolves? Most don't know who they are. Most of the wolves don't know they're wolves. There was a youth pastor that preached a message, or there, there was a man that preached a message really hard on this subject, and a youth pastor was there, and he, and he came up in the altar call and said, my God, I've been a wolf. And that pastor said, thank God you have had the ability to see. And he prayed with this man, he repented. And, and most of the time, a wolf does not even realize that they are a wolf. They, they come in sheep's clothing. They, 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 they look and act like sheep. No, they sing when we say sing. They carry the big Bibles. They quote the Scriptures. The only difference is they've come to destroy and scatter. Not to bring together and unify. Listen to what Paul warns of these deceitful workers in 2 Corinthians 11. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Oh, they look like apostles of Christ. I'm the prophet. I'm the this. I'm the that. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if the ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness. Whose end shall be according to their works. They look like righteous people. They look like sheep, talk like sheep, imitate sheep, but inwardly they are ravaging, ravening wolves. Let me show you one of them in the scripture, Acts 16. There's a wolf following Paul, trying to disguise herself as a sheep. And it came to pass as he went to the hour of prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination, met us, which brought her master much gain by soothsaying or fortune-telling. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are servants of the Most High, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. This is a wolf trying to disguise herself. These are the men of God. That's a great pastor down there. But after that, they get alone. They want to cut you to pieces. Get with a few others. And this she did many days. This is the wolf trying to disguise herself. But Paul being grieved, Paul had discernment, turned to this and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And it came out in the same hour. After the Spirit left Saul in the Bible, in the Old Testament, Saul, listen to what came upon him. Something everybody's doing today. Not saying it's not real, but this is real prevalent today. What came upon Saul was an evil spirit that came and he prophesied. Spirit left him and he's prophesying. I got a word for you. I got a word for you. I got a word for you. Here's a great word. And it came to pass... On the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied in the midst of the house. 
An evil spirit came upon him and he's prophesying everywhere. Everybody out there prophesying ain't prophesying by the Holy Spirit. There's many of them out there prophesying by an evil spirit right now. And the famous wolf intro is I have a word. I have a word for you. And they can appear spiritual, but this false. It's false. You can look into their eyes and see the lying spirit if you've got discernment. There was a, somebody that came and he was saying, I got a word for you. And he didn't know the guy was a very discerning pastor. And he said well, a lot of what he told him was true. And then he began to, to tell him some lies about him. And the guy looked him right in the eyes and said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. And out of this mouth came the most horrible profanities and cursing you've ever heard in your life. A lying spirit sent to disguise itself as a spiritual thing. How do they become wolves? How do they become wolves? You need to listen to this. Most of the time it has to do with undealt sin. It has to do that God is trying to occupy a place in your heart and your life and He's needling that place and He's touching that place and you won't give it to Him. And so you reject Him coming to that place. You protect Him. You, you reject Him dealing with that deep personal sin. You won't let Him deal with it. And so you go away. And, and, and now you're bound in this sin of bitterness, rebellion, pride, and gross immorality. Because you, you counted the cost and the cost is too high to following God into your salvation. So now you have to tear down His salvation and create for yourself your own salvation. And begin to deceive everybody else with it as well. Paul calls it a spirit of delusion on them. And they try to lead others along with them. Listen to what he says in 2 Thessalonians 2. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. No, you need to look up at me. They received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. God brought it. You're hearing it today. But they wouldn't let God touch that place. You ain't having that. And because they received not the love of the truth, the Bible says, that they might be saved. And for this cause... God sent them strong delusion that they should believe a lie and be damned. Is that not the Word of God? Brad Lindsay didn't make that up. That's in your Bible. That's the Word of God. They reject this, so they begin to believe a lie. God gives them a lie. Gives them over to a lie. And they begin to believe a lie and they begin to tell others a lot of lies and begin to take them down with them. They said no to dealing with sin. Now they're cut off from God. Now they have to create their own salvation by destroying the standard of God. They tear down the standard of God and God's standard for being saved. How can we know who they are? Matthew 7. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men 
gather grapes and thorns and figs and thistles. Even so, every good tree beareth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree beareth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. They come into church, they look like sheep, they act like sheep, they sing like sheep, they they clap their hands like sheep, they speak in tongues like sheep, but outside the house of God, everything changes in their relationships and in their homes, and it's all God is an illusion. They cheat on their job, they beat their wives, their personal lives are always in disorder. They have a compulsion always to counsel others. While their own life is in shambles. Their whole house is in absolute disorder. But always everybody's door trying to knock and tell them something about God. Just a smoke screen to cover up their own sin. This is good preaching, man. Romans 2. Here, here, here's those who would profess to be counselors or teachers. And he, under the law, this is Paul talking to people under the law, but there's an application here. Listen to what he says. And art confident that thou thyself art a guide to the blind, a light to them which are in darkness, an instructor of, of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Thou therefore that teachest another... Do you not teach yourself? Thou that preachest that a man should not steal, yet you steal. Thou that says a man should not commit adultery, but you commit adultery. Thou that abhorrest idols, but you commit sacrilege. That thou that makest a boast in the law, yet you break the law and dishonor the law. You teach these things, but you're not willing to live them. And you gain access by pretending to be concerned. They're always concerned for people. Heard about a young family that came to the Lord and they were hurting. And they had a little girl that was out trick-or-treating. Then the pastor tells this story. And somebody had laced her candy with LSD. And she was in a coma for several days. And when she came out, she was not normal. And somebody in this church had taken interest in her. And the pastor warned this Couple have nothing to do with this person. And, and, and they were giving them all kind of money for groceries, giving them all kind of money for clothes, buying. He said, they're buying their way into your, into your house. And he warned them. And, and the pastor got very concerned and he to, uh, about them. He told the uh, pastor how the man would speak words into his life. And how they were buying his way into the house. And the pastor was concerned. And, and, he, and he would say, uh, uh, you know, the, guy, the person would say, I have a word for you. The family was so concerned. Because our, the, the pastor was, this family was convinced this is a godly man. And by the time the pastor realized what was going on and tried to get the man out of his life, he was dealing with a wolf. And, and, and the guy eventually called the pastor up. 
and 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 the pastor and said, "I need your help." He got a he got a call from the pastor because pastor knew this guy was trying to control their life. He was trying to uh, d- destroy this family. He was a, a wolf coming in. The pastor eventually kicked the man out of the church, but he still this guy he had such a hold in their family. The pastor finally got a call from the father one day, saying frantically, "Come to my house! Come to my house!" He said, uh, the, "He said this guy's starting to interfere in my private life now. He's telling my wife how he can dress." how she can dress, how she can't dress. He's dragging my family right into the law. And the pastor uh, told the man, get the man out of, his, out of your house. He said, tell the man to leave your house and don't come back. So the guy got up and told the guy uh, he wanted to put him out of the house. And the guy said, you can't put me out of your house. I own you. He destroyed the man. The man got out of his house, but the man's family was destroyed. They had no more confidence in spiritual authority. They wouldn't go back to church. The man winded up, wound up becoming a drunk. His son wound up in jail. Family just got destroyed by this wolf. Wolves destroy. They come to steal, kill, and destroy. They wait around the peripherals. They watch. They snap a leg, and then they watch them wound and flail there and not catch up with the church or the rest of the people. And then they go and devour them, and that's exactly what they did with this particular man. Wolves can never stay in any church for a very long period of time. The leadership eventually spots them, challenges them, and they run. And when they run, like I said, they take several with them that they've gained control over. That's usually how it always goes because the root systems get intertwined. They can't stand preaching of holiness and righteousness. They can't stand it for too long. It's like Mark 7 says, They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Their whole intent is hell-bent on destroying, not bringing together. It's on scattering the flock. And lastly, they have no joy. They have no joy. They're always running around blaming others for the way they feel. It's always everybody else's problem. It's always everybody else they're blaming. And it's evident when you stay around them long enough, they have no joy. Now, how do wolves operate? The main tactic is they go for leadership and those in authority. Hebrews 13, 17 shows us the principle of leadership. And it tells us the one placed in authority in the church is the pastor. And we've got a real problem with this in today's world. Look at what it says about Paul when he writes about spiritual leadership. "Obey, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves to them For they watch over your souls as those that must give an account to God. That they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that would be unprofitable to you. God has put the pastor of the local church in authority. And the spiritual leadership in that place. To give diligent heed over the people. He has not given the right to control. If he's given the right to control ultimately and, and, and make decisions for you in your life, every decision, that's called a cult and it's not of God and get away from it. But the pastor is there to lead you and to guide you. 
And you need leadership and guidance in this last day, in this last time. I need leadership and guidance in my life. We need somebody to watch over our souls. That's what a pastor does. That's what a true shepherd does. Because wolves try to come in and destroy the authority of the shepherd that is over you. That's what they want to do. Wolves try to come in and to scatter you. Look at what 2 Timothy 5 tells us. Against an elder, receive not an accusation but before two or three witnesses. What he's saying here is if you've got leadership that somebody's bringing an accusation before, make sure that you come and you bring several other leaders there too and make sure you got your in a row and you make him present an accusation before the leader like that. You don't come and go talk about them all behind everybody's back and start causing and scattering and putting division with nothing there to back it up. You don't work under the cover of darkness. Wolves make disciples. They poison them. They crush them. And they destroy them. They go out with zeal of evangelism and draw new converts to themselves. Wolves are great organizers of secret meetings. Why do we need the pastor's permission? He's just trying to control you. They just want to get to the deep struggles in your heart. And then they want to control you. They promote false doctrine, and this is huge today. Paul says, out of your own selves men will rise speaking perverse things. To draw away disciples after themselves. And here's the greatest tactic of all of the wolf. They come to sow division in the body. Listen to what it says. Proverbs 16, a froward or wicked man or woman soweth strife. A whisperer separates chief friends. They like to get new sheep alone and start whispering the seed of poison about the worship leader. About the pastor, about the pastor's wife, about the teachers, about this, about that. About the leadership groups. John 3 says it like this. He that does truth comes to the light because he wants his deeds to be proven that they have been wrought in God. But he that hates the truth won't come into the light because he hates the light. So wolves work under the cover of darkness. A wolf can pick out a new sheep like a New York tourist, like a New York person can pick out a tourist. You know how New York people pick out tourists? Because they always, because everybody else has always got their heads down. And all the people like me last month or two, when I went, they're up looking in the sky. They're amazed at everything. And I'm a prime pickpocket guy's dream. Right? And so are you when you're a new convert. You know why? Because when we look like this, and we've been in this thing for so long, um, oh, they're giddy. They're like newborn little calves coming out of the stall. 
Oh, they're so excited. Let me tell people about Jesus. Let me do this. Let me do that. Let me do that. Oh, you want me to take the trash out? Oh, you want me to clean the toilet? Oh, and you can pick them out a mile. And so the wolves sit back and they know exactly who the new sheep are. Waiting, watching, just ready to chomp. Let me tell you about brother so-and-so. I'm just, this is just for your own good. And because I really care about him. Did you know? I think Brother John is blah, 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 blah. Just between, this is a great wolf line, just between me and you. Just between me and you. Proverbs 26 says this, The teeth of a wolf are designed to crush the bones. Listen to what it says. The words of a talebearer, it goes on to say, are as wounds, and they go down deep into the innermost parts of the belly. That's when somebody brings a negative story about somebody else in the body of Christ. That's what a talebearer is. That's, that's what it is. You get off in something and you're talking about everybody. That's a talebearer. It's a sin. As great as homosexuality, as great as adultery, as great as fornication and all the other ones we pick on. It's a bad deal. Burning lips and a wicked heart are like a potsherd covered with silver dross. He that hateth uh, dissembleth with his lips and layeth up deceit within him. Hatred's in this person's heart. When he speaks fair, believe him not. For there are seven abominations in his heart, whose, uh, whose hatred is covered by deceit. His wickedness shall be showed before the whole congregation. Whoso diggeth a pit and shall fall therein, and he that rolleth the stone, it will return upon him. A lying tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Oh, they like to flatter, don't they? Oh, that's how they get in. Oh, you're such a great guy. Oh, Pastor Brad, you're the best. Oh, I love you and your wife so much. And then the word gets back. Oh, they've torn you to shreds when they're away from you. How can I be protected from wolves? Stay under authority of those placed over you. I'll say, you need a local church. I know we are doing this thing called deconstruction that is designed to destroy the church. You need the local church. It's not biblical to tear something down and then you're going to rebuild it right because you're that smart. Jesus is building His church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm not building His church. But I'm dug in here, by golly, and I'm in it and I'm going to preach till He comes. And I'm going to stay under authority of those that God has put in over me. Don't allow unauthorized People, by your, by your pastor, this is not to get control over your life. I've been here 20-some-odd years. I'm not here to be a tyrant or a king over you. Don't let unauthorized people that are not authorized by your pastor have control or speak over your life. That's on the internet or anywhere. 
Don't let them gain access into your life. Don't let them become the authority in your life. Here's what you do. You ready to hear find out what we do? Paul says it like this in Romans 16. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. We're marking you, wolves. Mark them and avoid them. For they... Are they that are such not our Lord Jesus? They, they, for they that are serve not the Lord Jesus Christ, they serve their own belly and by good works and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. There are so many people deceived today. They're not under authority. They're not under a shepherd. They're out there just doing church any way they want in their little home with their family. You know what that's called? A family devotion. You still need a shepherd. You need brothers and sisters. You need the family of God. You need people in your life. And for, you need it so that we can be strong and strengthened. Listen to Titus. I'm not talking about religion where you get bound. You don't have to be here every Sunday and every Wednesday. and every. Hey, I'm not controlling you, but be part of a body somewhere. Have a family. Be connected to the body of Christ. Don't go here, there, everywhere, and flutter there. Get planted somewhere where you are under a protective authority. Titus 3 says, A man that is of an heretic after the first and second uh, admonition what love him say we just ought to let him stay no reject him warn him once warn him twice you out of here they don't even get three strikes you're out if you got a heretic in your midst they're speaking wrong things it says warn him once warn him twice that's mean brother brad you got to be loving that is loving. It's called the gospel. And God put it in the Word of God for our protection and for our admonition. He warned them if they don't stop, deal with it. Let me give you six wolf chasers in closing. Six wolf chasers. I'm going to be like my favorite pastor, Tim Delina, one of my favorite. That means nothing when I say I'm closing. Six, six. Six wolf chasers. You ready? Questions you can ask. And you ought to take a... This is where you get your phone out. Normally I don't like phones to be out in church. This is where you get your phone out and you snap a picture. Number one. Oh, are they not on there? Oh, maybe they moved. Number one. When they come... It's just between me and you. Here's what you say. Why are you telling me this? If that doesn't run me off, where did you get this information? Look at number three. Did you verify these facts? You ready for the next one? Maybe this one will finally run him off. Did you go to the person? Because that's what the Word of God says to do. Go to them and tell them your fault between you and them. Look at the next one. Can I quote you, wolf? Can I quote you on this? And this one will really do the trick. 
Let's you and I go to Sister Marcy and talk this over. That's the best things you should snap a picture of those or you can ask me for them later. And one last scripture. Nehemiah 4. Nehemiah had sent to restore Jerusalem. And so Ezra's going to come and revival's going to come. And there are workers that are, were sent to destroy the work that God wants to rebuild. Workers have come in to destroy what God's trying to build. And listen to what he says. So built we the wall, and the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. But it came to pass that when Sambai... So don't think we're doing a work here in Brookside, and that and the, 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 the enemy's not going to come. Right? They're going back to Jerusalem. They're going back to build the wall. And what happens? The enemy's going to try to stop the work of what's being built there and what God's doing. So, so, so built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had mind to work. But it came to pass that when Samballot, Tobiah, and the Arabians, and the Amorites, and the Ashdustites, the wolves, heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up, and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were angry. And conspired in their little wolf pack. All of them together to come and fight against Jerusalem. Why don't you go start your own church? Just go start your own church. You don't like this one? Go start one. Right? No, you're stirred up by the devil to come and fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed and there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversary said, they shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. They want to slay those that love God. They want to cause the work to cease. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times, from all places, whence shall you return unto us? They will be upon you. Therefore set I in the lower places behind the wall and in the higher places I even set the people after their families with their swords and their spears and their bows and I looked up and rose up and said unto the nobles and the rulers and to the rest of the people be ye not afraid of them remember the Lord which is great and terrible and fight for your brethren your sons your daughters your wives and your house And that's the word of the Lord to all the sheep at Brookside Church of God. That's the word for me. That's the word for you. The glory of God is in this place. There is a purpose that God has ordained this church. We are going to join together as the family of God. And we are going to fight and fight and fight for our families. Fight for the weaker. Fight for each other. And we are going to fight to see the sons and daughters come into the family of God. 
of God and all wolves be put on notice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, some of you don't like it and I don't care. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, Jesus, hallelujah. It's not a game, Lord. It's not a game. You don't play games with God's house and God's people. It's not a game. Father, you have instituted your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Oh, Lord, there's people here today and they don't even know they're wolves. And I pray, God, I pray, God, that you would have mercy. Mercy. Maybe they're on the internet, God. And they divide with their tongue. The poison comes out of their heart. They flatter with their speech. They love to get alone and they love to get authority over people's lives. They love to pray on the weak. They love to sow discord. And Father, I pray that in your mercy, God, just like you gave Simon, just like Peter turned to Simon the magician and said, repent so that nothing worse comes on you. And God, that's my cry today is repent so that nothing worse comes. God, it's your desire that all should come repentance. It's your desire, God, that the church should operate as a loving family. As a wonderful, joyful place, God, where there's leadership there to protect us and, and there's joy in them watching over the souls of men and women, God. There's joy in them feeding the flock and nourishing the flock and protecting the flock. And Father, I'm grateful for, God, the place of leadership here, God. I'm grateful for, God, leadership team. I'm grateful, God, for worship pastor. I'm grateful for a, such a good teaching pastor, God. Grateful for a godly wife. Grateful that you called me here and I know you placed me here. And God, help me to be a faithful shepherd until the day that you call me home or you say, it's done. Time to move on. Father, bless this church. Bless the work of God that is here, your work. Doesn't belong to me or anybody else, God. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name.